Welcome, everybody, to episode 37 of the Global Gamers Podcast. And this is a very exciting and long-awaited episode we're doing today, Ryan. We've been building up to this one for quite some time. I know. We laid we laid the foundation a long time ago. Uh, are we going to have a lot of building puns with this one, Ed? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to avoid it a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but today... We are going to revisit one more time. I can't say one last time because who's to say? Um, but one more time as a collective, the West Kingdom Trilogy of Games by Garfield Games, designed by Shem Phillips and S.J. McDonald. We have done a separate episode for each of these three games already. But what we will be doing today will be a bit different. So we decided to do this now to kind of talk about this trilogy in context in the lead up to the release of Scholars of the South Tigris. Right. And we wanted to just kind of take a step back away from the individual rules and play of each of these games and just see, looking at big picture themes and overall categories, which of these games we think was most successful at achieving a number of different things that are important to any game and also some of the stated um claims of the designers in designing this particular trilogy for sure and yeah One... and so we're gonna we're gonna go through some of those categories and then at the end we will uh if you wait till the end we'll give you our, each of our individual rankings from three to one which of these games we personally enjoy the most so one thing that comes to mind for me with this episode is the thing I kept coming back to was these debates you'll always see online about, you know, say the star Wars original trilogy, which movie people like the most. And so like, we've already done episodes where we gave like an individual review of each individual game. And now we're having more of like a, you know, freewheeling debate about which of them we think we like the best. How do they stack up as a as individual as members of a trilogy? Yes. Now that we see the the whole galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Or the whole West Kingdom. In, indeed, everything um, the light touches. <clears throat> so, to ease into it, the first category that we plan to discuss is theme. How each of these games handles its visual presentation mm-hmm. and how well it explores or or iterates or enriches the overall trilogy and itself on its stated theme so just quick overview west kingdom we are in um ninth century western europe the kind of the frankish kingdom in architects we are building the kingdom in paladins we have built our kingdom for the king and now we are paladins warriors fighting to defend it from outsiders and then in Viscounts, um, we are individual Viscounts, members of the nobility, vying for influence and control of the kingdom as the king ages and the kingdom um, is heading more into decline. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> where do you want to kick off on this? Well, there's, I, I mean, I think there's multiple avenues we can talk about, but I think one concrete one that plays into theme is just the game boards themselves. Yeah. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. If you have, if you think one of the three game boards stands out among the others. Yeah. So I think stands out is interesting because I think one of them definitely stands out to me in terms of visual appeal. <laughs> I think I know which one you mean. Um, and I'm not sure you like it. <laughs> and there's there's one that is definitely the weak link, I think, of the three. Hmm. Um, so without hiding it too much, I think that Paladins by far has the weakest I'm, visual presentation of these three games. Completely agree. Um that's just, you know, that's nothing about the game itself. That's just about the the role the board plays in the game is less important. So it has less of a shared board. So it's less of a visual presence on the table. 
And then Architects and Viscounts, I'm a little bit more torn about which one I think is my favorite. Viscounts is the one I think stands out the most because it the shape is different and it has that three-dimensional element with the castle that looks like a toy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas Architects is more traditional. You could tell that Architects came right after Raiders of the North Sea. Yeah. Because those two boards are very similar in the same size, the same kind of layout, worker placement spots. It's way more traditional worker placement in that way. They're both very nice. I think I like Architects the best because I think there's the more, there's, there's the most like visual appeal and artwork on the board itself. Yeah. Um, I agree with you on that. I think <clears throat> I I kind of divided in two. For me, like the visual aesthetic of it, Architects wins. Mm -hmm. And the like creativity of like what it means to the game experience, I have to give the edge to Viscounts. Just because yeah, and you I don't think that if see I was... that many like, I mean, I haven't played that many worker placement games that involve the the Rodell. Is that how you say the word Rodell? <laughs> Rondell. Rondell. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that used that mechanic. Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to say that involve a three-dimensional element, and I was about to remind you about Everdell, but uh, <laughs> you didn't go there. Well, I think, I mean, I think but it is important. for a 3D element, I think it has to actually factor into the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what I was going to say is like, in terms of intrigue, I think Viscounts wins because if I didn't know what the game was and I saw people playing it from a distance, Viscounts is probably the most intriguing because it stands out the most. Yeah. Whereas Architects, if I saw it, I, I feel like I would already kind of know what's going on, which is helpful in terms of like using the board design itself as a teaching tool and a communication tool. And then yeah. Paladins is just um what what's the board element of it is is not really a big deal. No, I mean, I th I think what's what's interesting to me about the two comparing architects and viscounts also is the fact that like I feel like in terms of how it's presented in the game play, like the cathedral factors more prominently in architects in terms of how the game's presented than the keep does for viscounts, but then visually like the 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 keep the cathedral isn't is just the yeah, keep dominant dominates the visual presentation much more <clears throat> yeah yeah um on the flip side of that though just to give some um credit to paladins so all three of these games for the most part use the same character artwork by the miko mm -hmm. however i think that paladins actually wins in that category of the three because I don't think that Viscounts and Architects really have that many unique ones in them hmm. that the others don't share, particularly even the leaders in Architects are the same as the leaders in Viscounts. Mm -hmm. And those are the most interesting ones. Mm -hmm. But I remember feeling when I played Architects for the first time, which was by a long shot the first of these games I played, that the character artwork, honestly, and it makes sense for the theme, felt like a step down from the North Sea Vikings. Those are hard paladins to top, yeah. came, yeah, and I think the paladins came the closest to that by with the inclusion of the paladin cards themselves, hmm. which are unique to that game and don't exist in the other two games to any kind of notable extent. And then also, paladins has the outsider deck, so yeah, um, those North Sea and and the later South Tigris and east whatever they end up doing characters also feature most prominently in paladins yeah yeah that's fair interesting um mm -hmm. so <clears throat> setting aside the question of board the game board yeah um which of the which of these scenarios, like setup scenarios, do you find the most intriguing of these three games? I mean, the ones you listed at the top, building the kingdom, defending it, or like vying for influence. Oh, so like as the, it the theme itself? Yeah. Uh, probably Viscounts. Yeah. So the third one, vying for influence. I think that building the building part of it in Architects is the most 
generic for a euro worker placement resource gathering game no i doubt. mean you know again to mention everdell it's the same theme and there are many other games yeah um with that and even everdell is more successful in bringing a unique twist to it i think that building buildings in medieval europe specifically is it's a pretty you know if you're gonna do it if you're yeah if you're gonna do that theme at this point you better have something interesting to bring to the table with the game itself which luckily architects does yeah which is a saving grace um but yeah compare and then the interesting thing with paladins is that on its face the premise seems generic but in the actual game it's not because you would think based on the sound of it that it would be a combat game of some kind whereas it's more like the the prelude to the battle just, all the preparation exactly yeah. yeah right yeah and it's 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 honestly the least combative of the three games yeah it's like ironically well it, that game feels like the first half of two towers like getting ready for helm's deep exactly yeah <laughs> um whereas viscounts i think is the most um it's almost bringing like a like a spy theme that you would expect more in political in social street. deduction yeah. or yeah into a worker placement game and obviously and we can get into um which one we think implements the theme most successfully but uh it's not as big of a deal as the um the premise makes it out to be so i'll throw the question to you now mm-hmm. how which of these do you think executes on the premise the most thematically by that question, do you mean taking <clears throat> taking the starting premise and situation for each game, which one integ- yeah. integrates that best into how the game is actually played? Yeah, like which one is the most immersive experience? Like when you're playing this game, do you feel like you're doing the thing the game says you're doing? Or does it just yeah. feel like honestly, up stuff and moving pieces around? Honestly, I think I'm going to have to say it's architects for that hands down because no no contest because i mean like the satisfaction you get when you're building the buildings like you're only doing that five or six times over the course of a game generally and like it just fits so seamlessly with what the theme is as tried and tested as that theme is whereas like in in paladins for instance you have a lot of different things you're doing and it's interesting but like i just feel like it feels more abstract i feel like i'm collecting outsider cards but i don't feel like they're doing anything to help me defend the city necessarily yeah it just it just feels like pieces yeah you know and it's like i mean we don't want to jump off topic and get into talking about uh scholars of the south tigers yet but we have played it and we will discuss it next time yeah looking forward but it's interesting just all i wanted to bring up with that is that um Based off of the West Kingdom experience, the lesson that you might take away is that simple theme is the easiest to um, execute on Mm -hmm. in a way that is immersive. And I think that is a shortfall to the extent it is with Paladins and Viscounts, but it's interesting that maybe um, the more that they design these games, the more they learn and the more they rise to the challenge where maybe... The more you the more you do it, the more you can figure out interesting ways to create more ambitious themes and tie it into the gameplay. Um yeah. but I think that and honestly, I think I mean not to, you know, go out of the trilogy again, but Raiders of the North Sea even, I think, is more successful than any of the three games in the West Kingdom trilogy on that front as well. Yeah. Yeah. But um I mean I think, am I right to say that we probably agree that Pal- that uh, Viscounts comes in second, like a distant second place, and then Paladins? So, I think, um, I don't know if I would go so far as to say a distant second place. Like, I think, uh, I, the way I would frame it is Viscounts comes out ahead on the potential of the thematic framing. And architects comes out ahead on the execution of it. That's what I meant. I meant specifically with the execution. Oh yeah, on the execution front, yeah, I, yeah. I agree that architects is 
is is the one. And one one other thing that I would just note with the I mean we've talked about the expansions in our reviews, but honestly, I think that the expansions for architects, particularly works of wonder, make it well, make an even well, stronger argument for well, it. Let's get in are, are, do you mean in relation to theme or in relation to game? On on the execution of the theme. Okay. And I think that the, the that the expansions for the other two games actually muddy the waters even more and make them even less thematic and more abstract. Mm. So that's interesting. I think yeah. you can definitely tell that those expansions, at least in my mind, are designed from a more gameplay um, forward perspective than trying to necessarily iterate on the theme but yeah um we that can lead us into as we mentioned the next topic Mm -hmm. that we wanted to discuss which is we're gonna get it we have divided the gameplay section of this into a bunch of different categories so the first thing we wanted to talk about was there are a bunch of gameplay elements that these three games all share Mm -hmm. the most obvious one is that they are all worker placement euro games Mm -hmm. and then as well as that part of what garfield aimed to do with this trilogy to make it stand out from the from the other trilogies is that there is a common um in addition to the theme a common set of gameplay elements carry over across three games specifically it's the concept of virtue and corruption and debt um existing in all three games and even though they are handled in different ways right so we can talk about how these games handle those three things and again which ones we think uh at least to us individually subjectively were the most successful or interesting yeah definitely um i know that's a, i know it's you... a lot to tackle but unpack that however you want well, I think I'd like to start with the worker placement question, um, mm-hmm. just because, I mean, I think it's a similar dilemma to what we talked about in theme, where it's like, there are a lot of worker placement games that are, and resource collection games that are set in like a European medieval setting. So how do you make a yeah. game stand out in this area? And I think... In, to my mind, two of the three games are significantly further ahead than the other in terms of like the inventiveness they bring to that mechanic of worker placement. And the two that stand out to me are are architects and paladins. A hundred percent agree. Viscounts almost, um, and I know we've talked about this in the past. I don't yeah. know if we did it in our review, but maybe we did it off mic. Um, We've actually like debated whether or not Viscounts even falls into a traditional definition of a worker placement game. Whereas the other two are so inventive on how they handle it. Architects um is more it's still more traditional in how it does it, but it almost flips it on its head, whereas instead of getting more workers as you go, you get like you lose them. And then the the arresting is such a big deal and is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then paladins, just like the combinations and the color matching, is so iterative. And I think like having played so many of these Garfield games now, it is to me it now stands out as like Garfield trademark that that is a signature of just yeah. Just I mean I can't confirm that they're the only or the first ones to do this, but to me it just. It's it's it it's just their like, secret sauce. I equate it with their yeah, yeah yeah, and it and it has come up again since, um, because it's so interesting and successful. So and that's a huge credit to Paladins. So I mean, we we in our review episodes already talked a fair bit about what we liked so much about the inventiveness, the creativity, and the um, you know, just fresh take on worker placement that each of these games exhibited but if you if you had to put those top two head to head in this category architects and paladins which of those two comes out ahead the you know capturing the workers in architects or the combining workers of different colors to unlock certain actions in paladins i i want to say paladins um 
but there, I, it's so it's really honestly it's a tie for me because they're so different. Yeah, which is a great credit to just proving that these are not the same game at all. Yeah, the talent it's so, what they did in Paladin is just so much more fresh and and like complex and advanced and creative. The only downside of it is that it further leads to Paladins being a largely solitaire experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas what they did in Architects pushes the traditionally like non non-confrontational worker placement genre into a more interactive, confrontational, aggressive space. Yeah. Which is largely the appeal of Architects and what makes it different from other worker placement worker placement games that are set in that same theme yeah. and with you know just putting workers on a board yeah so it's close it's really close and there's no loser in this group at all which is why we are devoting so much time to these three games but i'm gonna give paladins the edge what about you yeah i i mean i think it's paladins for me too and um co-signing signing on everything you just said but to me the reason the edge goes to it is just i'm thinking back to like <clears throat> the visceral reaction I had to when I played each for the first time. And when I played architects for the first time, I was like, my reaction to the like worker, like arresting mechanic was, Oh, that's really clever. That's really smart. And that affects the game in really interesting ways. And my reaction to playing paladins for the, from the first time was, whoa, it never occurred to me that you could do this in a worker placement game. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I just thought of food as like an analogy. Yeah. Architects is your favorite dish, but like it's seasoned and cooked in a way that you didn't know it could be done, but it's still the same dish. Mm-hmm. And Paladins is like a totally different cuisine from a faraway place that you've never tried. Yeah. And then you love. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of that that yeah. part of it for sure. So the other part of this was the shared carryover mechanic of corruption and virtue and taking out debts. Mm-hmm. Um, not going to get into the rules of how each of those work in each of these games. That's what the review episodes are for. Mm-hmm. But what what do you think? Who stands out to you in this category? The infamous purple trackers and cards that you see throughout these games. And those ripped up debt scrolls with negative two points at the end. Um so I I'm gonna do a little bit of a cop out and say which one I think is clearly behind on this front. And I okay. I think the weakest We we can try to like break the tie yeah, in our back and forth. I think the weakest entry in terms of how these virtue and and um and 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 debt corruption. and corruption and the the tracks work in the game is architects just because really yeah i do and i think it i think that for a few reasons one is when i'm playing the game with the works of wonder expansion and there's that early game rush to get to the wonders. I just always find it feels to me like an annoying add-in <clears throat> that I have to move myself up that extra track. Well, that's the influence track. Yes. That's different. Well, sure. The influence track is different, but like I kind of like put all these together. And so that's one. Well, but that's, sep- that's not one of the things that carries over across the three games. That's a different part. Sure, sure, sure. I'm, ge- I'm getting to that part. So, so like I have trouble, even though that's a separate track, I have trouble, um, like separating that from my experience of playing that game, just because I feel like once you play with the wonders, you usually keep them in, but it changes the, the game so much. And the other thing is, um, I feel like you're not penalized that much for going into debt in architects like, and it's relatively easy to like get your head back above the water in a way that like makes the on the tracker on the tracker, which makes the theme feel like a little bit 
less of an <clears throat> integral part of the game to me. It's on honestly though, I kind of I, I disagree. So to stay on architects, I think it works very well because especially with that medieval European theme where we're centered around this cathedral, mm-hmm. it is very it's honestly it's very Catholic church. Mm-hmm that part it of the is. theology is that you can do all these bad things throughout your whole life. But as long as at the very end, if you're good, you'll be okay. <laughs> um, which kind of, it kind of works for me. And it is, it's kind of interesting that like, you can move up and down and the point penalties of the individual debts isn't a huge deal. And there are lots of ways to pay them off and then get benefits for it. But the point difference of your location on the virtue track at the end of the game can be a game-changing swing. Yeah. And also, depending on where you are, it allows you to cheat on taxes or build on the cathedral or be banned from going to the black market. So it does have a, a run-on effect on other elements of the game. It, no, it, it does. It does. And I'm not denying that. But I've just found maybe this says more about my play style than anything else. But mm-hmm. I find that I hover around that middle board going just above it when Uh I need to be just above it and just below it when I need to be just below it in a way that, I don't know, it makes me feel like I'm gaming it in a way that, I don't know. Sure, but there there are ways to game it in different ways, though. It just... Which which we'll we'll get back to, like, the different strategies of Architect specifically. Yeah. But, um... So I was when you said that two stood out and there was a weak link, I'm shocked that Architects is your weak link because for me it's Paladins. You think Paladins is the weak link? I mean I don't think that the virtue corruption theme plays as big a role in Paladins because it's it's mostly present in the scheme cards that you get when you recruit a a purple worker. Mm-hmm. Whereas and that that's fine, that exists and it's a way to get yeah. you know, the tax income. And there are penalties for that in the form of debt, which can hurt, but it's just, I feel like that element of the game is just way more, it feels more integrated like, into the overall architect's experience. It feels more like an add-in with Paladins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's and then fair. Viscounts, I, I don't I think disagree. Is, do, do you think that Viscounts maybe is the most yes, I do. Be, uh, successful? I agree. Well, because, because it it completely swings the scoring at the end, whether you... The whole pace of the game yeah, is set w- to this, w- with w- the debts and the deeds. Yeah, whether, whether which, uh, whatever, whichever of those you run out with first. And I think, mm-hmm. like, to me, that's the most <clears throat> successful integration of theme and mechanic, because it's like, you feel like the entire kingdom is swinging towards prosperity or, like, you know, complete... Being corrupt or being virtuous. Yeah. Yeah. See, for me, I don't think it's a very successful thematic integration, but gameplay, it is definitely the most in your face and it's interesting. Could you say more about why? I think think that that goes back to like overall, I think that other than architects, the overall thematic implementation of the other two isn't that strong across the board, not just with this mechanic. Okay. Like, so. They're way more apt. Like I don't feel like a like a viscount when I play viscounts, whereas an architect I feel like an architect. Um, and specifically with the with the virtue and corruption in viscounts, and and I know we talked about this in our review, the way the collision tracker works to me is a little bit one of the less elegant parts of the game, mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't affect it doesn't necessarily as much feel... as you expect it to. Yeah, and and especially like again with virtue and corruption being such strong and loaded uh terms you would think that it would have like a more corresponding impact than it really does where even though it it's a huge deal for setting the pace of the game and the de- the debt and deed piles it it doesn't feel as thematically strong to me again as in architects but i definitely think it's it's way more present than in paladins i just I think I think what I like about it in Viscounts is I feel um, it. Do you know what I think it is? I think it's the fact that in Architects, where you end up on the virtue track, as you said, can have a very large impact on the score. Mm-hmm. But I think what I like about Viscounts is that the whether you run out of 
deeds or debts first has an also a very large impact on the final Huge, score. Even but bigger. It's even bigger. And there's more uncertainty about which way. Well, not always, but I think there's the potential for more uncertainty about which way it's going to swing. Whereas like a turn or two from the end, you already have a pretty good idea where people are going to end up on the virtue track. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's just what I think what I'm just trying to say is like, overall, I think that architects overall does the best of having it as a, as a gameplay strength and a thematic strength. Mm. Whereas Viscounts, it's a super strong gameplay strength. But ultimately, it just feels like a white piece and a black piece on a purple part of my board. It doesn't feel like what it says it is. Yeah, I guess when I'm thinking about it, I'm I'm kind of like um, factoring into like all of the pieces you're putting in the keep where it feels like you're like currying influence. And that like, in my mind, even though it's not in terms of gameplay mechanics connected, it feels connected to me thematically. Like in a... The whole game feels the most connected to that theme. Yeah. And so Yeah. With like being a little bit more shady and kind of backstabby in in concept. Right. And the high the criminals as well are a cool part of that as well. Yeah, they are. And well and I, th- yeah. and I and and I they, I think, they are part of the, of that theme. And I think that's an under underrated element of it because you know just going back to that idea there's in architects i feel like you're only making like i feel like you're making decisions on a handful of turns that move you up or down the the virtue track drastically whereas Mm -hmm. i think there's but you always kind of have the sense like if i need to i can work my way out of it and work my way up to it yeah whereas like what i what i like about pallet or um Viscounts. What I like about Viscounts on that on that front is that 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 edge or that feeling of nerves you feel whenever you place a criminal down in your board and you're like, "Am I gonna get them off in time?" Yeah, and I have had that. Remember, I there was a game we played one time where we both thought I was gonna win, but ultimately I lost narrowly because I had this just I had this stack of debts. Yeah, and it's not as easy to dig through that as it is to move up the track. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I give the edge to Viscounts on that score, I think. Cool. Once again, uh, Paladin's kind (laughs) of not coming out on top. Yeah, yeah. Yet, but we'll see. We have uh, some more questions to go. So we're going to move on into how these three games, um, you know, if you were going to buy one or just own one or whatever play one repeatedly for the rest of your life which one do you think would give you the most diverse experience which one has the best honeymoon period where every time you play you can try different strategies or different crazy things are going to happen so what do you think so here we're getting into replay value variety correct yeah so this isn't necessarily um our final rating yet, but it just, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think for me, when it comes, like I'm thinking back to the times I finished each of these games. And most of the time when I finished a game of Paladins, I was like, I think I understand what I was trying to do. I think I was mostly able to do it. I'm okay. If I don't play this game again for a couple of weeks, whereas, and Maybe it's just because I have, I'm leaving open the possibility that it's because I've played Architects more than Viscounts, but at least at this juncture, every time I finish a game of Viscounts, I'm more likely thinking, dang, I kind of want to play this again right now just to see how these different choices would play out if I did so now immediately. And we did that once. Yeah, we did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that kind of speaks for itself. I think, yeah, I think, again, having played Paladins the least of the three, it did feel maybe the most consistent across both plays in that it feels the most, which is kind of ironic for the way it plays, color by numbers. Well, Um, and I think a lot of that is the, is the, the different 
goals you get bonus points for because they're yeah it's not... very straightforward yeah. what you're trying to do yeah like this is what you're trying to do this game can you do it that's the test whereas i think the other two there are options and i think yeah. i agree with you that viscounts has the edge one thing and this will kind of um go into our next topic is that one of the challenges with when you talk about replay value is realistically how often are you going to play it not just to have a diverse experience but issues related to player count how easy is it to teach to learn to set up how long is the game and all of those things for the most part go in architect's favor i think because the other two i don't know that i'd want to play paladins maybe ever with more than two people Mm. and viscounts i definitely do not want to play with more than two people if any of those two if any of the three or more people is a first-time player or if anybody is like take has um analysis paralysis and takes slow turns yeah because that that can really slow down the experience for more complex games yeah whereas in architects i think that architects kind of has the opposite problem where I think that Architects at 2, I've realized for me, is not as fun. It kind of falls a little bit flat most of the time when you play with just 2. Mm-hmm. Because there isn't as much opportunity for the interaction. And that kind of race to the finish element. Yeah, Even Raiders even Raiders does it better than Architects on that front. So if I'm going to play one of, these, one of those two lighter games from this series, I would pick Raiders most of the time as a two-player game. Um, so Architects, I think, scales up better for higher player counts and it's easier to teach um even though it's not maybe as as rich of an overall experience because it is the the simplest of the three yeah yeah i think um i agree with you on that um i think i'm still in my mind giving the edge to um to viscount viscounts on this just because if I'm think like situationally, I understand what you're saying, but like if I had a choice between yeah. a two player game of Viscounts or a three player game of Architects with somebody new, I think maybe seven, eight times out of ten, I would rather play Viscounts. Oh yeah, definitely. And Viscounts, I think. I mean, so Architects and Viscounts both have way more of a open strategic format of options than, than Paladins does. So the way yeah. I kind of describe Paladins is um, colored by numbers in a way. The other two, there are so many different tracks to take. And so for Architects, the best example I can think of is for so long, we kind of had the perspective that the Cathedral was not a very good viable we thought that for a strategy. very long time, yeah. Yeah, and then recently I and then when you, especially even when you add in the works of wonder expansion, it kind of makes the game even more one note at first where you think that okay, everybody just needs to rush to the wonders and that's how you win. But recently the last couple times I've played Architects, I've kind of taken a different approach where I've I've just been thinking, okay, I've played this game so many times at this point. I kind of I don't really care if I win or not. What I want to do is just try different things intentionally yeah so i'm not gonna sit and think what is the best thing i could do this turn as i would in any other normal game i'm thinking how can i just no matter what happens i'm doing a cathedral strategy yeah and surprise surprise i've done that twice in a row now Mm -hmm. and won both times going cathedral strategy Mm -hmm. so my opinion has completely flipped Mm -hmm. are there a certain um you know, very specific things you need to do. And did I also still manage to, you know, build one of the wonders in a three player game? Yeah. But all in service of completing my bigger goal. Yeah. And in Viscounts, I think it's even more of an open field than that because what the two of us, I think what we've discussed in the past is what we think having played Viscounts maybe a half a dozen times at this point is that there, there are many different, like, they're like these big categories of points, you know, the, the castle, the manuscripts, the buildings. Um, am I missing one or are those the three big ones? 
for the Viscounts. There's the. I mean, and, those are the three big well, ones. And, that I and think then, of. like the there's like the the ones you can get for being the first one to like the the bonuses that are tied to some of those. Like, for instance, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then like obviously being the, the first one to build one of each of the three building types and all that. Yeah, but I so well that's still tied to the building and the manuscripts. But I think what I was getting, I was like, you have those three big pots, and this kind of goes across all the Garfield games. My my default setting is never try to do everything. Yeah. Um, and what I've kind of found with my experience playing Viscounts is that really you want to be really good at maybe two of the three big pots of points, but you can always more or less choose which ones you're going to do based not only on, you're not kind of boxed into it based on your starting setup in the way you are in Paladins. Um, Yeah. It's just a more fluid experience. So I think it has the most opportunity for variety every time. Mm -hmm. Some of which is random and you just have to respond to it as it comes. And some of which you can really, target as you can in architects yeah and paladins yeah cool um did you have any additional did you agree with what i thought what i, what I said about player counts and yeah all of that yeah okay yeah i did um out of curiosity of the three of these I think we discussed in the past, so according to Board Game Geek, Paladins is the heaviest, followed by Viscounts, and Architects is the simplest. I don't buy that. Do you agree? Okay. No. What What do you think? I think I think Paladins is... So, um, I think Paladins is both the most strategically straightforward and the one that, like action wise is the most prone to um like analysis paralysis just because i think there's a few too many action options in that game like there's just so many different things that you can have your workers do and yeah but especially when you throw in that expansion especially when you throw in the expansion but like because though you're getting such a significant share of points from those um you know first few round like starting goals like you're really penalizing yourself if you don't complete at least a couple of those and so even though you have all of these different actions in front of you it's like you still feel like well I understand the assignment I know Yes, what yeah, the teacher like has down. assigned me to do this game. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're not saying it's easier than like lighter than architects though, right? No, I think it, I think, uh, I think it falls in the middle, but it's, I don't buy, right. I don't buy that Paladins is more complex than Viscounts. I, I agree with you. Um, as we discussed in our review episode, I actually thought that learning Viscounts was a miserable experience. <laughs> it was hard um, to learn, yeah. Yeah, so much so that like I was 95% on my way to saying I give up on this game. I don't like it, um, which is a unique experience for me in mm-hmm. the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Garfield titles I have now played. Well, and it's it's that's even more odd when you consider the fact that like not to get into the the new trilogy, but new trilogy mm-hmm. are given even higher complexity ratings, and like we didn't have yeah. nearly as hard a time learning those. Well, so again, not to get too far into it, but what I noticed last night going through the Scholars of the South Tigris rulebook, mm-hmm. the rulebook quality—I mean, they've always had good rulebooks, but something about the Viscounts one just was not clicking, uh, clicking with me. Whereas yeah. the scholars of the South Tigris one, thank God that thing is honestly rule book masterpiece. It's, they should it's get a Pulitzer for that. It's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, enough about scholars for now. <laughs> so yeah, I think we agree. Pal, um, Viscounts heaviest than, than Paladins, than architects. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Anything else you want to say before we get into our final rankings? 
but obviously we can we can talk about each game when we put it in our ranking and why. Um honestly, I feel like I feel like um I'm in a courtroom procedural and I've already made most of the arguments I want to make. Okay, so now we're going to do closing arguments and just, you know, so your conclusion paragraph to your five paragraph essay. Yeah. So give me your number three. Which one of these excellent games is, in your opinion, the slightly least excellent? The number three for me is Paladins because of the things that I've already said. I think the action board is a little too cluttered and makes it a little bit too confusing about what your different options are. And I think that's kind of a, it's a bit of an odd combination that, and the fact that like you are a little bit bound by whatever goal cards come up, unless you really want to tempt fate. Okay. My number three, I'm actually, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Um, But anyway, my number three is architects. Okay. So architects, I think also, I have to always kind of keep in mind that my experience of architects at this point, having played so many times is so buried in the works of wonder experience Mm -hmm. that I also have to remind myself that the base game is not nearly as interesting Mm. um, and not even as interesting and fun as Raiders of the North Sea was. Yeah. Um, And that a game that does not really meet its maximum potential at a two-player game is a little rough for me and my playing habits because most of my gameplays are two-player games. Yeah. As you know, because you are frequently on the other end of that table. Yep. Um yeah, and I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's not fair because I've ar- had architects for so much longer than the other two and played it so much that maybe the glow has kind of worn off, but it's always been kind of just it's never been able to claim a top Garfield spot for me because even when it was just between that Raiders and Circadian's First Light, it was always fighting for second place with Raiders. Hmm. You know, and and now I think when I play, when I look at like all the again the seven Garfield games that I've owned and that I that I own and that I have played, I feel pretty comfortable putting it in spot number seven. Really? Yeah, and that's mm. not a dig at the game because this is the game that was on my top ten list when we did that first top ten ranking episode, yeah. and that I would never dream of getting rid of and that i've had many many great times with including one like two three weeks ago mm-hmm. um yeah but it's it's more a compliment to what comes next than it is a knock on this game yeah that, because that's fair. we're not talking like we would not be doing this like second deep dive into games that we didn't like oh hands yeah. down yeah yeah so spot number two what do you have spot number two for me is architects Okay. And the a few of the things that I think gives architects an edge over paladins to me is the the individual um starting player mats, the asymmetry that that introduces. Now, I realize that these are you know what am I trying to say? Um, I I, ju- I guess it, it comes back to like, this is more a reaction to the criticism I had of Paladins than, than anything. Like between the greater asymmetry in this game, the, um, the greater interactivity of <clears throat> the worker placement element with the arrest function and the fact that you can do that rush strategy if you want to with the cathedral um, and that you can like go heavy on the wonders or try to build other things. Uh, I just find that there's, it feels a little bit less stifling strategically than Paladins does to me. 
Okay. Cool. Just got some good back-to-back coverage of architects. Mm-hmm. Um, so my number two is Viscounts. Mm. So this is interesting. Um, we don't align at all. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah. So my number two is Viscounts. Um, I will say that my number two and number one are closer together than my number three is. Viscounts, again, the problems I had, I've already talked about. It was just the teaching was a slog. Mm -hmm. And I think that this game risks at times being in what I think is dangerous territory for Garfield to be headed into where the games, particularly throw in the two expansions, Mm -hmm. the games start to lose a bit of focus and become too much, Mm -hmm. which while it's fun to have variety and to see all the cool things you can do, it can be a setup nightmare, a teaching nightmare and an analysis paralysis nightmare, which ultimately those things don't make a game fun. Even if, the things you've designed to put into the game are super well designed and excellent when used. Mm-hmm. So honest, like Viscount is awesome. And the more I play it, the more I like it. The, the feeling of just like shoving workers into that castle toward the end of the game or just building and unlocking all those spots on your board is that it's very similar to how you feel when playing Scythe of just feeling super powerful. That is just engine building awesomeness. Yeah. But some of the things in the expansions honestly seem useless to me or annoying. And it's one of the first games I could think of where I've bought an expansion and been kind of thought if I wasn't a completionist, like, did I really need to buy this? How much am I going to want to use this expansion? Because how much am I going to want to play with it? Especially if I have to teach somebody this game, throwing the expansion in, it's going to be a pain. And like, yeah, I struggled, you know, as someone who's played many of these games before. I hear you. Um, I I mean, yeah. To play devil's advocate, I think that speaks to the like quality of the experience of the base game. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, by counts is obviously your number one. So let's just let's just open it up. So. Yeah. What is it that makes it, despite some of those things, what is it that makes it your number one? Well, I guess. I don't ever want to, I think you maybe place more value on the ease of teaching to new players and like um, bringing more folks into it. I, Mm -hmm. once I know a game and like a couple friends know the game, I'm very content to just keep, keep it in the family, keep, keep it in (laughs) the family and keep playing that game. If, you know, if, if everyone knows what they're doing, like, and I think, I mean, part of the fact is like, you are a virtuoso at teaching new games to people. So I feel like when we're playing together, you're often bearing the heavy lifting on that. So I I think I've said this before, but I, I I joke that I, I owe my, um, I owe that to my law school education. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the name of the game is you, you take rules-based texts and you distill it down into its barest bones and yeah. then communicate it to people. That's that's the job. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the, the secret sauce to me of this game is not is the fact that you not only have, you know, multiple different components that you're going for but that you have like bonus points and like almost like set collection built into those two and like that double whammy especially late in the game is just such a rush and so cool that i have to put it ahead of architects because like you've got architects it's like can you build something or can't you whereas this one it's like oh you could do a couple different things and like you can Mm -hmm. there's multiple there's yeah just so many different ways to go about the end game 
that like I feel like after you know the number of plays we've had, you know, we we're just scratching the surface. Whereas, yeah, um, I don't feel that same way about architects. I'm not as excited about the uh the ex the ex extensiveness of possibilities there and for and then as far as paladins goes for me it's just i have a really hard time getting past the lack of variety in the starting goals and how much that sets you on like a predetermined strategic like trajectory yeah um so my number one was paladins and I will say this is very close between Paladins and Viscounts, mm-hmm. and it may change with more plays. Um, but and <laughs> what else, a joke about Paladins with me is there are very few play games that I've played that I'm so helplessly bad at, hmm. and yet I still just like. I'm honestly that surprised like, that Paladins is your top one. I did not expect that. Both both times we played it, I did so badly. And part of it is is what you were saying that like you you're kind of stuck in a way with what the game gives you, and if you don't get what you need to fulfill the goal that it's giving you, you're kind of, as far as I can tell, not having played it too many times, you're a little bit stuck and you're kind of digging out of a hole. Yeah, which can be frustrating, especially if yeah. you know the other people you're playing with have a better setup. Well, it's, but yeah. there's something yeah really fun to me about. It feels the most different to me of any, not just of these games, but of any, like, I can't think of another game I own until Scholars of the South Tigris Mm -hmm. that does some of the big um, design choices that this game does. The worker, the worker placement, as we talked about, the color matching, the numbers, the scythe-like board upgrade, I think is even better than it is in Viscounts. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a bigger part of the game, definitely. Yeah, and I just find it's such a relaxing engine building game to me that like I know that we talked about this um in our engine building discussion episode where one of the pleasures of engine building is just like that sense of accomplishment that win or lose you just kind of feel good mm-hmm. with what you've built yeah. and collected and upgraded over time, and that's just. Paladin just gives me um I think I think just I'm such a big engine building fan. Yeah. That you know that's why like Wingspan to me is still just our lord and savior. Um <laughs> that Paladins is kind of like the the big boy version of that. Mm. Um hmm. and I think that's what does it for me. Yeah. I Yeah. And and again like even for a game that's a- allegedly so heavy it just kind of clicked even though I I didn't play it well i i never was confused about what i was doing or what i could do and the rule book was good and it's the kind of it's a rare like heavy game as well where you can play it and not be like completely focused on it 100 percent. so you can you can kind of chill and have a little bit of side conversation or you know just be a little bit more relaxed because there isn't as much competition and it's not to me at least, maybe it's just the way that you and I think, because we both didn't think it was super heavy. Um, Yeah, you can kind of loosen up a little bit. So the way that you said you think maybe we think differently about this, um, about you're looking at like the the mechanics more than the the teaching and the learning and all of that. Mm -hmm. The way that I think about it is ultimately when I'm playing these games, which ones am I having them when I'm playing it, which one am I having the most fun with? And that is partially down to the design. It's partially down to the theme, but it is also down to like the entire experience of from the time I take that box off the shelf to when I put it back on and everything in between, which one is the overall best experience for me? And that's Paladins. Because as you said, like it's not as hard to teach as Viscounts. And mm-hmm. <laughs> as you noted, that that may be more of a factor for me. Yeah. Um, the analysis paralysis is there, but honestly, I think Viscounts is worse. Does the um, yeah, that's possible. The I mean, and the two I wanna... player thing is is a big thing for me because, I... as I said about architects, like that's that would that's what drops architects down for me because I tend to play at two players and paladins at two players. I think is just 
I, an obvious go-to. Sorry, so, what was your question? Well, I do want to get your your take on the on the starting goals and like because mm-hmm. that was a big sticking point for me, but it doesn't seem to be for you. And I'm it, I'm curious. It's as definitely to why. it's it's not that it isn't. It is. It's just that ultimately each of these games has a sticking point for me. Yeah. And it's not as big of a deal. And I think, again, especially I think it's it's probably going to be less of an issue the more you play it. Because you're expert. You know what to expect. You know? See, so you I, I feel from, the opposite. I, one... I, I feel like it could be a bigger deal for me as I go on. Because, like, if I'm noticing, mm-hmm. oh, this is very strategically predictable after only a handful of plays... Well, but it's still, you don't know which goals you're going to get. Yeah, but there's only like five different ones, aren't there? Maybe six? Um, Yeah, because it corresponds to each of like the upgrades. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got you. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to like defend as my favorite thing about the game. Yeah. I wish, I wish it maybe was not as big a deal as it is, but compared to some of the bloat in Viscounts and the two-player sometimes staleness of architects. Mm. Um it doesn't it doesn't bother me as much, especially because of how much else this game has going on that is so yeah creatively interesting. That's fair. Yeah. It, it's funny. I don't think we were I don't think we were uh of shared opinions on any of our three rankings for this, were we? <laughs> nope. So I was just thinking in my head, so if we had to give them points where like the one in third place gets one point, the one in first gets three, that means Paladins comes out with four points. Architects comes out with three points. And Viscounts comes out with five points. So that means that overall Viscounts wins followed by Paladins, followed by Architects. If we're doing so ranked choice voting. <laughs> yeah, but it's literally like 5-4-3. Yeah, um, so it's close. And it just goes close. to show all three well-designed fun games and like you do have to get into the intangibles and like the... You can see both sides of it. Like there's not mm-hmm. necessarily a right or wrong answer here. And then again, like they're not redundant with each other and there is no. a place for each of them on your shelf so if you wanted to own all three i don't think there's any reason to feel um like that's a waste of money or time i mean obviously the more games you own the less you're going to play each one but that's that's not specific to this trilogy right and you know there's a t- so like the other day it was three of us and we didn't want to take super long um but we wanted to play like a game that we could have a three-player game in 90 minutes i said okay let's do architects Mm -hmm. no problem in my in my heart of hearts did i want to play one of the other two more yes but it just wasn't it just didn't it wasn't appropriate for the time and the crew that we had so architects was available and we had a great time Mm -hmm. and i tried out my cathedral strategy and had a lot of fun yeah so it's a win-win yeah definitely yeah i'm glad we did this it was i i honestly had no idea how we were going to adjudicate this and what it was going to look like when the dust settled. I wasn't even completely certain on my own ranking until we yeah. sat down to do this. I I doubted myself for a second based on how the conversation was going, but um, yeah, at least for the time being, I feel pretty good mm-hmm. about about things, um, and I'm a little bit worried for when our annual top 10 comes up because this year has introduced (laughs) paladins viscounts and scholars to me and last year wayfarers raiders architects and circadians first light were all on my top 10 so somebody's gonna have to fall off yeah um or it's just gonna become my top 10 is uh wingspan plus Garfield games. <laughs> brand <laughs> representative. <laughs> yeah, it's that's not going to happen. It's going to be more interesting than that, but I might have to make tough, tough, tough decisions. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. While still maybe overrepresenting them a little bit. Um, 
yeah, but this has been fun and we will be back next time to review the brand new Garfield title scholars of the South Tigris. So we look forward to doing that next week. Um, you've already played it twice, which is mm-hmm. impressive for, you know, 24 hours. Had to do it. <laughs> Had to do it. Yeah. But you know, that's, that's going to make our conversation next time even more informed and maybe you can uh, clarify certain things to me that we might've missed yeah. the first time around. Yeah, no, looking forward to the discussion and uh, yeah, really excited that we got this first trilogy episode in the, in the books because, you know, you know, we've said, we've said it many times, but we just enjoy the games that, Shem and the team put out so much and we Mm -hmm. are really, really excited and enthusiastic to be, uh, to be supporters. Yeah. And this is one of those topics we've had on our, um, our brainstorming spreadsheet for a while. Mm -hmm. And it's the first of them, first of these kind of comparison episodes that we are doing. And I think because it was so successful, we are going to maybe, look at doing some more of them. There's some that we haven't done yet because we haven't reviewed all the necessary games. Right. But um yeah, there's some more building. Yeah, we can look at we can look into get. other options. So like another interesting one we could do is like go back and do Scythe versus Expeditions, you know? Mm-hmm. Um things like that. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, look out for that soon. But yeah, uh maybe not that specific episode, right. but we'll we'll see what we come up right. with. Right. <laughs> but yeah, look forward to hearing from listeners if there's any like comparative types of scenarios that you'd like to hear us talk about, feel free to drop us a line on on Instagram and uh, yeah, looking forward to next week. 